इंसान परेशान सुनने वाला बेईमान इंसान परेशान इंसान परेशान फिर भी चालू है Hi Jayesh welcome back in conversation this has been a really meaningful series and i believe people have been enjoying it as well so thank you for your time thank you so much so for today let's talk about the book perhaps starting with what inspired you to write the book yeah. i think uh, this perennial problem that people uh, have is to work very hard to make money hmm. and then people continue to work hard to make money on their money mm. and and that's sort of end of life and so my inspiration was that that uh, can we influence people to take a deeper look at that part of their life on making money on money mm. uh that's one the other is that millennials of uh, indian diaspora kids they will inherit hundreds of millions of dollars all over the world so how do we inspire them mm. to do something meaningful because most mm. of them are looking for purpose and mission in life mm. so those are the two main inspirations yeah and uh, were there any favorites from you know the interviews that you did anything that stood out for you oh i mean uh, as, as someone who's compiled these interviews and done these interviews i think it won't be fair to sort yeah. of single <laughs> one out but i think I I think I can certainly say that which one got a lot of rave reviews or people who wanted to meet the person or talk to the person learn from the person or learn from that model mm-hmm. of giving because ultimately all the stories were about giving back in different models I think was uh, probably Navin Bhatt so uh, you know obviously there are some some amazing people uh who have large trusts that they run for example tata trust and then rohini and nandan nilkani they of course have their trust and as well and mohandas pai has this trust sanjeev bichandani so many amazing amazing people but mm. navin bhart is uh, looks at himself as a commoner uh, husband wife both phd's uh, senior executives in companies so it's it's somebody that you can relate to yeah. it's not this billionaire who's got a thesis of giving back you know and and that's complicated for professionals and entrepreneurs uh, especially millennials i think it's a model which resonates with them and resonated with me as well yeah which was uh, very interesting yeah and you know just taking a step back why do you feel these perspectives on wealth are important say even for the millennials that you spoke of and for people you know who are looking to give back yeah i think uh the title of the book is what shall we do with all this money yeah. and people basically point to someone else saying it's not me the idea is not this much money is how much money this much money is whatever you have yeah so whatever amount of money you have that is the money what shall we do with this money mm. and that assumes that you're not hand to mouth so therefore you have a little bit extra left over now that money that is left over you're saying well i need to accumulate it for my after years and so mm. but at some point in time do you, are you going to wait Mm-hmm. right till you're almost near end of life and then say okay now let me start giving back mm-hmm. or can you start the process of giving back from now mm-hmm. right so that's 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 one really very mm-hmm. important thing and most people uh don't have an idea of how to give back right and so i think part of it is this this whole conversation about well what shall we do with all this money 
interest inspiring perspectives on wealth and the mm-hmm. why it's inspiring perspective is because so many different kinds of models come out which hopefully will resonate with each one of your yeah, readers yeah so you're saying it's not so much about all the money but it's about as much money as different people have and then right. just putting out models for people to think about think and about see what resonates think about giving back think about giving back is one is where i know exactly what i want to do mm. one is i don't know what i want to do right. i'm looking for ideas yeah so from these books you can get ideas yeah. then second up is well how much mm. so there's an allocation conversation saying well, how much of it and that's a personal journey right, right? it's a personal uh, decision so that's the second part and third is whether you want to uh, you know build your own empire and grow it like a business so a lot of entrepreneurs like the idea that okay this is my thesis this mm-hmm. is how i'm going to give back for yeah. example edutech education yeah. and i'm going to grow and grow and grow so i'm building a school primary schools and i'm going to grow that so it's like a business right but in a social enterprise yeah and you mentioned that you know at times we may not know how to go about it do you feel there is a gap in us learning and this could be you know in the early years on in just in terms of what money is saving investing giving back charity you know all of these things do we talk about it enough or do you feel there's a gap i think uh, people talk about it mm-hmm. and people who are urban uh, affluence mm-hmm. they see it all the time around them so managing your own wealth yeah. there is enough conversation in a city like singapore or san francisco or new york or mumbai i think there's enough conversation about it allocation of the giving hmm. maybe there isn't enough there's, there are not enough models out there for people to get inspired by and say hey this is how i'd like to give back yeah because a lot of that is your personal biases right so if i am connected to india hmm. and i know india needs a lot of help then I, my allocation is limited i can't give to the whole world so i'll give to india within india do i want to give to mumbai do i want to give to gujarat what do i want to do then some people want to do health hmm. some people want to do so for example i support akhand jyoti i hospital because that's meaningful to me right uh, whereas somebody could say that i want to do edutech hmm. so they might want to give to education somebody to healthcare so, so whatever those personal biases are hmm. if you apply them yeah. then it becomes a lot more uh, fun yeah. and a lot more meaningful hmm. both hmm. if it is not fun and you're just doing it for the sake of doing it it is it's not good fun and the other part is that where you're just not uh, i'm not suggesting that you focus totally on outcome measurement yeah because a part of it is your journey your journey of giving you have to overlay that with the outcome measurement yeah and this is interesting because and this could be individual on how one perceives giving back what is your take and i'd like to hear even your own personal opinion on you know what is the mindset with which one gives back is there an outcome measurement attached to it and what was your you know experience just speaking to a whole lot of people what's the intention with which the giving back yeah. is happening so one uh, unfortunate thing that you discover everywhere in the world yeah is that even in giving they are looking for bragging rights right and i'm okay with it because i'd rather have someone give it even if it is for bragging right is better than not giving so let's give okay but they want a board outside mm-hmm. the school yeah. right which outside the hospital see, yeah. all the time right Buildings, which is fine yeah. okay that's what is something that's meaningful to you and that inspires you to give more and more and more so more schools more hospitals yeah. i'm okay with that so that's one reason the other is there are people who do western style of giving mm-hmm. which is totally outcome measurement so everything is nickel and dime and meticulously all properly saying 
every dollar has to go and make that specific outcome mm-hmm. so of impact. So okay. impact measurement and a Western philosophy. But the third most important one is the journey. Are you doing this because you want to make a name? Mm. Are you doing this because you want to prove your thesis of giving? Yeah. Or are you doing to just measure that impact and feel very good saying, aha, you know, I've, I've cracked the code so that every dollar I give, my outcome measurement is fantastic. I'm not suggesting that you should not do outcome measurement, mm. but don't forget to focus on your personal journey because you're doing it for yourself. Yeah. At the end of the day, it affects you as much as it affects all the people you are doing good for. Yeah. So was that the trend that you noticed? I think that different people uh, have different... The more significant the wealth, the more trauma they had about outcome measurement. Mm. So they organized themselves. They had office with staff who were obviously working for the foundation or the charitable trust. And therefore, there had to be a soft process and a system. Hmm. You can't tell them that you are here for a journey, obviously. Hmm. So therein lies the difficulty. So the bigger they were, the bigger they are, they have to put processes and systems and outcome measurement. Correct. Otherwise, it will become chaotic. Yeah. So that's one part of it. Yeah. But I know, and, and many of the folks who uh, were in the interviews talked about their personal journey as well. Hmm. So whether they keep an allocation for themselves and for hmm. their own giving, but that spontaneous giving, yeah. I think is is something that youngsters, millennials will yeah. probably connect to a lot, lot more yeah. because typically a millennial is not an empire builder. Mm. And when I say empire builder, meaning I'm going to set up a you know a billion dollar giving with 300 people working for me mm. with a name, which has a brand, which is known all over the world, mm. that kind of empire building, I think doesn't naturally come to a millennial. Okay. And so were there differences in perspectives? And I know you spoke for the book, you spoke to millennials as well. Uh, Did you find it very different in their ways of giving? Absolutely. I think that millennials start with a mission and a purpose of what they believe in. A patriarch will typically look at their own village Mm -hmm. and see if there is a school missing or a hospital missing and that's the entrance. Mm -hmm. Whereas for millennial the entrance is, okay, what's out there? Mental health. Okay, so then I want to do something for mental health. Uh, so their bigger picture mission is a lot more, uh, a lot wider mm-hmm. and so then when they find something meaningful even within that thread, for example mental wellness, then they want to jump in there, yeah. not with a view that I'm going to build an empire though, mm-hmm. right? with a view that can I do good to more people in a meaningful way, mm-hmm. then of course if it scales, it scales. And this is again, like you said, I think it's it's personal in terms of when is it enough, and you know how much does one want to allocate when it comes to allocating. How did you think through what is when it when it is enough, and now it's time for me to start investing, or were you always I would sorry not investing but giving back, yes. and were you always doing that? There are three things in that giving. Yeah. One of which is money. But there are the other two yeah. which are extremely important. One is your personal time, mm. right? And three is your personal skills, knowledge, experience, managerial skills, yeah. financial skills, etc. Mm. So your personal skills you have enough of. Yeah. You can easily share and give it to some non-profits or uh, you know or, right. organizations. Uh, time yeah. is also as uh, tough because especially if you have family and you're working on a on a job or an enterprise, 
but the third piece is money now Correct. allocating all three is as difficult as any one of them yeah. but in terms of money i think uh, from the time of ibm is the first time i started giving yeah. and they have united way and so there was uh, monthly deductions in united way right and so i started my journey from them then i participated in helping uh, in united way i ended up being on the board of united way international okay. for 6 years which was absolutely a fascinating journey to start from there and end up where i did uh, i think that uh, you know as far as my personal giving philosophy is concerned i have three different buckets for it uh, one of them first of course i had this uh, tough problem to say how much would you allocate mm. and one thing i decided is that i don't want to wait till i die so i can just put it in my will and i say okay when i die just give x percentage to this particular charity that was one way to be giving yeah. the other is while i'm alive i want to give so that was right the construct under which i operate yeah. and so i've allocated and that allocation keeps increasing every year which has three three components one component is uh, giving for cat- uh, calamity mm-hmm. so whether there is a you know things like covid whether it's things like uh, tsunamis or earthquakes and things mm-hmm. like that so that's uh, giving the philosophy there is that you when you give good happens yeah. but nothing comes back economically impact only comes back singular yes, yes. when you do micro lending mm-hmm. like i do micro lending to bilap for example yeah. then when you give good happens but the money comes back and you circulate that money back and forth right yeah. so it's a relatively low risk mm. uh, return that keeps coming back to you right but good is happening and then the third is investing in social enterprises for equity mm. right so this is social impact startups yeah. and these startups are for profit startups right which take money for equity yeah in many cases while doing good it dies mm. but in many cases that money comes back many fold back mm. to me Got and it. i circle it back so you look at all these three as given all the three the maximum time i have spent until recently was in the social impact mm-hmm. equity investment but lately now i have shifted my attention to akhanjyoti eye hospital because that's a non profit and even there i'm trying to find some social enterprise right. like vision center so there is you know optical stores yeah. which are for profit yeah. the profit of that is plowed back into the non profit to do surgeries so we're trying to find some mixed models yeah. of non profit and for profit Awesome. And you know when it comes to say people who are younger and you said you know perhaps they don't tend to set up the bigger enterprises around this how can be and and perhaps some of them might be inheriting a lot of money how do you see that play out and what should they be thinking about in terms of large inheritances Yeah So one part of it is where there are education and health tech startups which are scaling mm-hmm. you know you look at many education startups in india for example also health tech startups they do grow mm-hmm. so these are entrepreneurs who want to build an empire yeah. but with a specific outcome of social impact right whereas in other cases if it's a tech digital payment all of those yeah. they're just doing it for the usefulness of the product or services for a millennial who is affluent who's going to inherit a lot of money the folks that are in the book who have spoken mm. many of them are forming their thesis many are already on their way okay. to building a non profit or a for profit uh, uh, startup right and they have the ammunition of money so they don't have to worry about that but the rest of it they still have to worry yeah. right yeah so this uh, you know i ask you this because just to uh, see how perhaps you have thought about this when you know and this is about our relationship with money do you feel at any point our relationship with money can get toxic and is it important to start thinking about the aspect of 
giving or to each his own how do you think about I it i think therein lies this early stages of mindfulness for example mental well being compassion i think a lot of it is also who you hang out with so a you're lucky and inherently you have that ability to give yeah. then you build on it yeah but if your mind and the heart is in the right place yeah. and you do know that you do want to do it mm. and you put a little bit of effort into it right and meet and hang out with people who are like minded who are mission oriented yeah so people are either mission oriented pocket oriented or ego oriented mm. so if you meet those people who are mission oriented then you will find your place where you'll find someone who says hey sonam let's do a mental health startup mm. and you'll say what can you do what can i do and you know what do you have say i have money sonam what do you have say well i can set up this entire mental wellness included in it as mindfulness and coaching and all these other whatever these other issues yeah. are but the thing is that if you are not aware of it mm. then half the battle is lost right so in terms of next steps with the book uh, jayesh do you see how the impact in a way unfolding in any particular manner the intentions that you had well yeah so first is that i was quite surprised at the number of books that got uh, uh, read and number of books that got sold and read i hopefully they read, they read it uh and then also it came out as an ebook but covid has hit now so it hasn't really gone across the world we're still in this region in singapore and india corridor so far but i was uh, quite quite taken aback at the kind of feedback that i got the kind of response that i got uh and and i think it ended up in a role where i was the pivot for networking mm. right so people were interested in this model or that model or this person or that person and i was sort of busy connecting to a point where then i could not stay in the engaged in the conversation yeah. i had to connect and pass and to connect and pass assuming that they're going to continue right. to do their thing so that was really mm-hmm. uh quite heartwarming in a way that i didn't specifically have any outcome measurement in mind saying okay i'm writing this book because i wanted to have x percentage of impact increase or you know y percentage of people coming into the fold and i didn't have that as a i was just doing this as a journey saying hey i think here is just amazing people that i know right. uh let me compile that interview and present it and you take what you want out of it but i did not even have a conclusion that this is what you should be doing you get something else out of your book she gets something else i get something else everybody got what they want out of that book mm. and you just extract that and run with it yeah yeah so there is at this at this point in time you feel that you feel satisfied with the outcomes that you wanted from the book it's it's yeah. it's not completely done mm-hmm. but for singapore and india it's kind of done for right now as in we've launched and people have read it and people have talked about it and all that and people are still buying it uh us is missing uk is missing because we were supposed to go on a trip and that hasn't happened yeah. next year hopefully that will happen the other outcome is that uh, my publisher wants me to write another book my friends wanted me to write another yeah. book and they said well okay so what is the option so one is that the, the thesis of uh, wealth affluence time affluence and mind affluence we talked about that right. the last time and so they said try it on time affluence yeah. so that was one subject the other subject is saying hey listen you're trying to influence the millennials mm-hmm. so let's do a book on next gen mm-hmm. what shall we do with this money so that was quite attractive to me yeah. then the whole book was interviews with millennials okay okay and then as i started talking to the millennials the millennials basically came back and said can we change the format of it mm-hmm. if you give me a book of few hundred pages and tell me to read you know 20 30 interviews that's okay mm. but wouldn't it be more fun if we did a fireside chat mm. 
because I did a, a launch in Singapore where there was a fireside chat yeah. and people said that hey we enjoyed this a lot more right. then you know that you know sort of keep re yeah. reading books after books after books so so the new thesis is that in Singapore and all the cities in India and US and UK and other places Australia I will uh, have fireside chats mm. only with millennials right. where one person like you or whoever is interviewing conversation with me and these folks are doing a Q&A with me, Correct. but it's limited to 15-20 people in a room having deep conversation of what they are influenced by, what they are aware of, what they want to do, because each city is different. Mm -hmm. So somebody in Perth may have different conversations yeah. versus somebody doing it in Australia, uh, in uh, Austin for example, somebody doing it in San Francisco, somebody doing it in Mumbai. Yeah. And so I think to me that's also easier, I mean right. compiling a book, writing a book, yeah. editing a book and selling a book it's really a huge task a lot of work, yes. lot of work. Yeah. whereas this is completely up my alley and i really enjoy hanging out talking to this millennial and giving them ideas thoughts support mission and connecting them to each other and to folks in the ecosystem i'm sure a lot of people will value that so how does one connect with these fireside chats is it right, so planned we once we start traveling yeah then we'll announce it so i already have my first person who's going to do a fireside chat in Singapore. Awesome. Uh, she's ready to go except that you know we're not meeting right now yeah. but uh, when the situation fixes itself then uh, yeah I mean it should be out there in the in, in the uh, in the in the on the websites and awesome. on on and social media yeah. so we'll announce it on Facebook we'll put it on all this money.com so all this money.com is the website for the book yes so we'll put it there and we'll put it on social and media. I will link all the websites including your personal uh, handles onto our uh, YouTube channel and everywhere uh, you know to wrap up Jayesh a macro little bit of a macro question how do you look at suffering and we spoke about giving back and the intentions around it just your perspective on suffering in the world so um, one can feel compassion one can feel sympathy uh, there are folks who feel pity which I think is extreme but my personal journey on uh, suffering is that I don't dwell on it too much other than what can I do about it. So the first time I went to Mastichak in Bihar mm. and I uh, watched the plight of bilaterally blind mm. cataract uh, people and my mind just went to work on that saying okay A I can sympathize, I can do compassion and I can say okay uh, you know and maybe put a few money, a few bucks to it. But I think the more important thing is what can I do about it? So I focus on that. That's what I would urge it. I urge people to see that, hey, uh, is there something about suffering, whether it's mental wellness or whether it's hunger, whether it's education, whether it's agrarian economy, is there a place where you feel that uh, there are people who uh, are trying to plant trees mm. and they don't want to see the forest go away? So people are working on environment. So whatever it is that your subject is on which you feel huge pressure and in watching and can't see the suffering, yeah. if you act upon it, mm. I think that's really the journey. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, I have no idea why it happens to whomever yeah. it happens mm. and it's an unknown and I, I, I don't dwell on it. Yeah. Well, beautifully summed up, um, I think like you said, it's finding that balance between not being too attached to perhaps the suffering that one sees, being able to 
let that compassion flow while bringing in the action to enable and to help thank you jayesh thank you this has been great fun very enriching thank you for your time and i hope everybody watching has enjoyed it as well and i i enjoyed it as well i mean this was uh, really uh, good fun to go through these three sessions and uh, thank you so much uh, to each one of you and to you sonam thank you